0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic, if it seems too good to be true, that might be a good reason to be skeptical. Okay, so that title is a little bit nebulous. It's a little bit intriguing, and you want to know what the hell am I talking about here? Well, what I'm talking about here is an interesting report that came out of a Canadian company called Carbon Engineering that's based in British Columbia. And for the last year, they have been running a prototype of a system that is designed to extract carbon dioxide from the air. The basic idea is effectively mirroring the action of trees without the real biological uh, components of it. And actually, uh, it ends up working by sucking air into a cooling tower. And those cooling towers have lots of fans to drag in lots of air. And It comes into contact with a liquid, a liquid which they do not disclose. Of course, that's probably a trade secret, and they don't want to let it get out. But it's a liquid that chemically reacts with the CO2 in the air, and basically the CO2 precipitates out, much like water in the form of rain precipitates out from the gaseous form of water vapor. Okay, so... This is an interesting idea and it's something that's not really a new idea. Uh, A scientist named uh, Klaus Lackner in the mid-1990s first developed the idea, the general notion, of basically precipitating out carbon dioxide in the air and converting it into some other form. And the idea is if you get rid of the carbon dioxide in the air in enough quantities it can start to work to mitigate the carbon dioxide emissions that have increased over the last uh, six decades or so uh, very clearly tracked by observatories uh, in Manamoa and elsewhere around the globe and the CO2 that's rising is to believe is believed to be a significant driver of global climate change so uh, any way to get rid of carbon in the air might be seen as a good thing right well here's where it gets a little interesting. And this is where, as always, with various media outlets, and I looked in a uh, web page called The Engineer, which is based in the United Kingdom as well, and as well as bbc.com, which broke the story initially on Thursday, uh, June 7th. And there's missing details here. And uh, there's an article in a trade publication I'm going to try and get my hands on to see if I can get more uh, details. It's probably something that's an expensive subscription, but I'll give it a try and I'll report back to you on a future podcast what I find out. But here's where I have some issues with this. Right now, this carbon engineering company claims to be reclaiming CO2, in the atmosphere at about a rate of a ton per day, and it's been doing it for about a year, so that's 365 tons of CO2. It reclaims them. It basically converts it into a liquid form, which could potentially be used as a type of biofuel. That's all well and good. The cost, they say, for this, they've been able to bring it down to as low as $100 per ton. Although it's the range they quote now is uh, about 94 to 232 dollars per ton. What's that money being spent on? Electricity to drive the generators. Uh, this is not in a place where it's connected to a wind farm. There may be some solar facilities, but from what I see in terms of a picture on the BBC.com. Uh, uh, website accompanying the article, it's not necessarily connected to a solar farm, so it's using standard electricity. Well, how do we get standard electricity? Uh, we can get it from a wind farm. We can get it from solar panels. We also get it from coal-fired uh, plants. We get it from burning other fossil fuels. We also can get it from hydroelectric power as well. So here's the rub, and this is why it, this is a, sounding really good, almost too good to be true. There's a catch. And the catch is you have to have some power source to be able to, re, to run this uh, apparatus which extracts the CO2 and converts it to a liquid. If the only power source you have that you're paying money for is basically a, a coal-burning plant, coal puts an enormous amount of CO2 into the atmosphere, as well as sulfur oxides and other pollutants, as we've talked about on previous podcasts. So the question is, is this really carbon neutral, or is it even adding more carbon into the atmosphere through the electricity that it's using i don't know the answer to that that's a really good question to pose though and it also points out that the only way that uh, you can really make this a true carbon reduction approach in terms of the atmosphere is to have it fired by some and powered by some sort of renewable energy source wind uh in many places is intermittent and So it would be the sort of thing where you'd probably have to supplement. Solar in many places is intermittent and you'd have to supplement. There are some parts of the world and some parts of the US and some parts of North America that are relatively well suited to uh, these types of uh, power generation approaches. Uh, Nevada has looked a lot at solar power, Texas is a leader in wind energy, many places in the high plains could be very productive wind energy producers, and and uh, there are wind farms scattered up and down the western high plains, although not as prevalent as they could be, because the problem with wind energy is that it requires, in many places, a lot of infrastructure in terms of power transmission uh, lines to carry the newly generated electricity to where it's needed. Now, if you simply use the wind farm to power one of these, this, that would be something that could be very economical, wouldn't require much new investment, and it would be a real carbon reduction strategy but to really reduce carbon substantially around the world in the atmosphere you're going to have to get rid of far more than one ton per day so you're going to need multiple of these installations you're going to have to site them in places where you don't necessarily have to rely on power from fossil fuel burning to be able to run them. That's probably going to raise the cost back up so this is not uh a silver bullet uh it's got some promise there's a lot of technical hurdles that would have to and logistical hurdles especially that would have to be worked out for this to be viable so don't get yourself all excited about this just yet it's a step a baby step it's fair ways off before we'll have these plants dotting the globe with renewable power sources that can power them adequately to be effective so it's always good to think about the details details matter that's something that a lot of uh, news media forget about uh in a lot of educational realms we forget about that and the students don't think about it that's subject for a whole other series of podcasts that i hope to get to uh later in the summer Uh, But for now, consider this as a step. It's a step in a good direction, but it's not a solution yet. It's far from it. It's going to take some time for that to happen. That's all I have for you today on this edition of The Day We Bolt. If you like this podcast, feel free to like and share. In fact, since I bring it to you for free, effectively, unless you uh, decide to become a patron, and as yet we have no advertising, um, do me a favor and share it with someone you know. And that will actually help get the word out, and uh, more followers means we can grow. It's for yourself. Make sure you like it. Make sure you subscribe. If you're listening to this off of iTunes, uh, subscribe to us there. Follow us on Podbean. Uh, and you can get to us through our Facebook page of our parent company, Tilly Weather Associates. For now, thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon, a good morning, or a good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. And God bless.